Well, hey, thanks for coming. And uh, I'm going to go back to the scripture that April read. But seek first his kingdom and righteousness, and these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And you may be coming here tonight after a very troubling day or a very troubling week, but know that you are not alone. You have a family here at the Sower, a church family that will stand beside you and pray for you. And you have a Father in heaven who loves you more than we can ever even imagine. I'm gonna ask you tonight to uh, imagine something with me, if you would. I to imagine that you are in a room and it's a large room. I actually think of it like a warehouse, okay? And you're in this warehouse and all the people you know are in there with you and everything you own and they own is in there with you. And that is where you live. And there's no windows in this warehouse. There's no doors. In fact, there's not even a word for outside in your language because outside doesn't exist as far as you know. Everything that you know and have ever known is right there in that room with you. And there are certain rules that go in that room, in that community that you're there. And there are rules like this. Um, one of the rules is always look out for number one. Always look out for yourself. And then there's rules like only the strong survive. You also, within that community, have the ideas that you only have to keep your promises as long as it's convenient. If it's not working for you anymore, you can just get rid of it. Or the idea that your worth is based on your practical value to the group. So that if you're older or you're sick or you're disabled, you are not producing a lot for that group, so you have a very low worth. And so this is the atmosphere you've been born into. This is all you know. But one day you notice that in the ceiling of the warehouse, there is a crack that's starting. And sound starts coming through that crack. And you realize that there's another room above you. And so you're really curious to, how can this be? You've never known anything but your room. And so you start listening and you start peeking up there and you start looking in and examining this other community that lives above you. And you're just fascinated because they play by a whole different set of rules than what you're used to. You notice that in room number two, as I'm gonna call it, the poor are treated as if they're very precious and prized. And if you're old or sick, you're still honored and you have great value within this community. When the people in room two make a promise, they keep it, even if it's not working for them, even if it produces a hardship for them, they're gonna keep to their word and follow it. And also you notice that the people in room two know that it's okay to suffer to stand up for what's right. 
So when you see something that's not right and you're in room two, you're going to say something, even if the consequences might be harsh to you, you're going to stand up for what's right. So world one is, room one is the world, and world two is the kingdom of God. And there was a literal crack in heaven, and Jesus, heaven, came down to earth. And there was this intermingling between the kingdom of God and earth. And on earth, we got a glimpse of the kingdom of God, just like the people in room one got the glimpse of heaven. And so what happened to the people in room one? Well, they're still stuck there. They haven't been able to get to room two yet. They're not in that realm yet. But they're changed because they've experienced the kingdom of God. They're changed even though they're still in their original world. And so they start operating differently and they have a different outlook on life and new values start coming into their lives. Like hope, the, the word hope, the idea of hope becomes really big to them. They never knew that before. All of these things are happening. And so that's what the church is. The church is the community on earth that got the glimpse of the kingdom of God, that got the glimpse of heaven and can carry and model that community, that ideal here in the world. So let me take a drink. <laughs> You might be saying to yourself, well, what's it going to look like? What, what does the kingdom of God look like? Well, God tells us about the kingdom of God. He tells us what it's going to look like. In Revelation 21.4, he says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. In the kingdom of God, God is the ruler. Every kingdom has a ruler. In the kingdom of God, it is God. And death is overcome. Disease is cured. Evil spirits are overcome. Basic needs are provided to everybody. There's no more tears or sorrow, and there's no more pain. And Matthew writes about the kingdom of God a lot in Matthew. I mean, in that book alone, he talks about the kingdom of God, I think, 70 times. But in the fifth chapter, he writes the Beatitudes. And this is a description of the kingdom of God and the people in the kingdom of God. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. That's what the kingdom of heaven is going to look like. It is going to be based on honesty and truth. It is going to be filled with humility and generosity. 
joy for others instead of competition. Someone else gets the promotion that you wanted, you're going to still have joy for them. It's not going to be about you. It's not going to be about being number one. It's going to be about sharing joy. Forgiveness, the other side of love, to love and to forgive. They have to go together. It's going to be an example of the great commandment to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. It's going to be a place where we'll be willing to sacrifice wealth and ambition for the values of a kingdom of God. It's filled with love, as I have said. Hope enters the picture. We will be people of hope and a peace that doesn't that the world doesn't know, a peace that's totally different than can come from the world. And that's what the kingdom of God is going to be like. And so you may ask yourself, well, where is it? Or if you live on the Eastern Shore, you would say, where's it at? Well, it's on earth and it's in heaven. Because so many times in the church, we only talk about it as heaven, that we have to keep waiting for it. But we don't. We have the kingdom of God here with us. We are part of it. Our contribution to the kingdom of God is what's going to grow it. Every time we show generosity and we give, we are showing to someone what the kingdom of God is made in. You know, there are plenty of people who have never gotten the glimpse of the kingdom of God yet that they've lived in an oppressive atmosphere, they've been mistreated, they have been without hope. And so it's up to us, the church, to give them the glimpse of this kingdom that awaits them. So don't think that we'd have to wait until we leave our corporate body to enter into the kingdom. We're already here. And then you may ask yourself, well, how are we going to get in? Well, let me go back. You might ask yourself first, who's in it? Who's going to be there? And that's what my husband asks me every time we're going somewhere. He says, well, who's going to be there? And I say almost the same thing I'm going to say tonight. I don't know who's going to be there, but I know who's invited. And to the kingdom of God, everyone is invited. Everyone is a son or a daughter, and the invitation to come into the kingdom of God is open. Now, not everyone is going to answer the invitation. I understand that. But the invitation is there to all, to all the sons and the daughters. And you know, how are we going to get in there, you might be asking. Well, this is the thing that is the most amazing about it is that your entry into the kingdom of God really has nothing to do with what you did or what you're going to do. And that goes both ways. You can't do anything so bad that will keep you out of it in your past and in the future, you can't either. And if you have done the most marvelous thing in the whole world, that is not going to be the way that you get into the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God, the entrance to that, is not based on works. It's not based on what we do. It's based on the love of God, our Father, and his grace and mercy because he will forgive us for anything that we've done that has not been in line with him. If we just ask his forgiveness 
and then repent, which means to turn away from what we've done, our missteps, our sins, and turn toward him and walk closer to him. That's how you get in. You know, it seems so complex, and religion does make it really complex, but the gospel is really simple. The gospel is that God, the one who created each and every one of us, loved and loves us so much still that he sent his one and only son to earth to die upon our cross for our sins, the sin of the world, so that we don't have to be separated from God, so that we have a personal relationship. That's what it's about. It's about a relationship. It's not about religion. It's about talking to your father. He's listening to you. He wants to help you. He sent his Holy Spirit to the world to be with us. That's what the gospel's about, that we all have the opportunity to join in union for eternity with our Father and to know that Jesus will come again and there will be created a new heaven and a new earth. And it will look like room two. It won't look like room one. You'll pick the door behind room two. And that's the message. That's the message that that is available to each and every one of us. I'm going to go into Galatians now, Galatians 5.22, because in, there, in that letter, it also talks about the kingdom of God. And these are the characteristics of a person who is a member of the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And on any given day, I know that I do not reach the mark on all of those things. And I may not even reach the mark on one of them on any given day. But I'm trying my best. And I know that over time, as I keep trying and I keep walking with God and keep talking to him, I am getting closer to those fruits because that's the description of Jesus. And as you walk and talk with the Lord, your creator, your master, the one who tells you all about himself in here, you start to learn and you are forever changed. I mean, this is something that anytime that you pick up your Bible, you have the ability to talk directly to the author of the book. And I'm in a book club. And we love reading books. And a couple of times we've even had the author of the book we're reading come to our book club, and it's a big deal. But every single day when you pick up this book, you can talk directly to the author and ask your questions and listen to what he has to say to you and where he wants you to go and what he wants you to do. And so whenever I'm looking at these um, lessons, these scriptures, I always look at them in two ways. And the first way I look at it is, what does this have to, what does this message mean to someone who's a follower of Christ? And then the second way is, what does this message have that, what what does it mean to someone who isn't yet a follower of Christ? And I say yet because I believe the scripture that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so if you're a follower of Jesus already, 
This, this scriptures, this, the kingdom of God is telling you that it's really important how you treat people. It's really important how you model these attributes. You say you're a follower of Jesus. People are looking at that. What does that mean? When I moved to the Eastern Shore, I didn't go to church. And um, I hadn't been to church in many, many years. And... Um, but there were four people that I met, and they weren't connected, um, but there were four people who really made an impression on me. And they really went out of their way to meet me and to help me, and they were just, there was just something about them that was different. And as time went on, and I got to know them better, and I spent time with them individually, I came to realize that the thing that was different about them than all the other people I knew that were also nice was that they were followers of Jesus. And that was the difference. And it had made a difference in them. And I picked it up. And I knew there was something different about them. And while I was trying to figure it out, I said to myself, you know, I don't know what it is, but I know I want it because they were peaceful even in trials, and they were loving even when you might not think that someone deserved to be treated back with love. And they just modeled all of these characteristics. And so as the church, as the representative of the kingdom of God on earth, it's really important how we treat people, to let them get the glimpse of what the kingdom of God is like and if you're not a follower of Jesus yet, what I want to say to you is you are welcome into this kingdom. You are welcome. Your Father in heaven has been chasing you day after day because he wants you to be in there. And there is nothing that you could have ever done in your past that can keep you from it if you would just confess your sin and ask Jesus to come into your heart as your Lord and Savior. You know, sometimes people have really been hurt, and a lot of times people have really been hurt by the church. And so they're very wary of religion. And again, we're not talking about religion here. We're talking about a relationship, a personal relationship. And so I can understand that there's hesitancy. I myself had that too. But I am just telling you, you, this is something that you want. This is what you want to get your hands on. When you're in trials, not to say that you're not going to have them anymore because you will, but you will know that you are not alone. And the way will be made and doors will be open that you can't even imagine because you are walking in connection with the kingdom of God. You have been chosen. There is a very special place for you in the kingdom of God. It is available to you, and it is special just for you because every single person has worth, and every single person has a specific part of the plan of the kingdom that only they can do. You're special. You were picked by God to be on his team before you were even born. Welcome to the kingdom of God. I hope that you make the decision to come in. So the scripture said, seek the kingdom of God. 
Make it your highest priority each day to represent it and to seek it. Blessings and advantages flow from living under Christ's rule. When you're on his plan, when you're in his path, on his way, things will go much smoother for you. The subjects of his kingdom are the church. And so I'd like us to say together now the Lord's Prayer. And I want you to really think about it. And we're going to say it slow. We're going to say it slow because I want everyone to really think about it. And when we get to the part, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Think about that. Jesus said this to the disciples. They said, how should we pray? He taught this prayer on earth as it is in heaven. And it is still true to us today. The kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. So let's go into prayer together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen, amen. And I just encourage you, if you have not had the opportunity to ask Jesus into your heart, to make him your Lord and Savior, that you can do it right now. The gospel is simple. Just Talk to God in whatever way you do. You don't have to have any special language, be in any special place. Just say to him, God, I need you. I need you. Just like the song said, I need you. Every hour I need you. I am sorry for the mistakes I have made. I am sorry for when I got off my path. Please forgive me. I want to turn away from that past and I want to turn towards you, Lord. Make me a new creation. Make Jesus, I want to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of my life. And he'll, he'll listen, and you'll be there. And it's so simple, and it's so beautiful. So the kingdom of God on earth as is in heaven.